Afghanistan Moments. women's national team soccer jersey signed by all the players that were then imprisoned and threatened to be killed once they came back to the country. I don't know. Is everybody like that? I have ideas every five seconds. When I was a, just a kid being creative, I would write stories, poems, record my voice, like have like a pretend radio show. I would make movies. I would work after school. When I'd go home, that's where the real work happened. I was like, wow. And that blew my mind. I was like, I couldn't believe I could see my name on a screen. Ringleaders is going to be in the new EAFC. Frostbite Cup is going to be in the game. We're going to have our uniform no and stuff. Way. Yeah, man. My inspiration comes from anywhere. It could be like a fashion designer to a professional wrestler. It doesn't matter. We can go many ways now. I used to play soccer and I was miserable. It's a miracle that you could play soccer. That was really good how you came up with that. I'm very happy. Okay. Can I use it? Yeah? Of course. All right, let's go. Of course. <laughs> I still dream like a kid. Hello and welcome to all the beautiful podcast listeners. My name is Sime. Sime like time. I'm a young creative entrepreneur who somehow manages to have conversations with everyone's favorite creators. Therefore, I thought, why not record these conversations and turn it into a podcast? So just like me, you can listen to these conversations while working on your own creative projects. Today, we hear the story of Angelo, the founder of Ringleaders. What is Ringleaders, you may ask? Well, you have to listen to our conversation. Angelo started his journey by passing paper pamphlets on the streets promoting hip-hop shows with a dream to bring Canadian soccer to the entire world. Today, his team is in EAFC 24, previously known as FIFA, and he has done collaborations with the Canadian Soccer League. During this conversation, Angelo touches on why soccer is not just a sport, but a way of life, how his ringleaders related to creativity and art, how he turned a t-shirt brand in 2005 into a movement, what is Frostbite Cup and Midnight Cup, what is Football Saved My Life, and much more. If you prefer a visual experience, you can head over to YouTube and watch the podcast. Now let's jump into this beautiful conversation with Angelo about ringleaders. Angelo, thanks for coming. I'm very grateful. Um, I know how you how passionate you are about everything you do and I am so ready to have a conversation with you. I, I saw that when you were young you were passing paper pamphlets on the streets promoting hip-hop shows and you started in retail industry at age 16. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to just talk about the journey and the start for you. So you just opened a vault of memories with that whole uh passing out flyers thing you know i kind of still am passing out flyers because i really loved being on on the block and having a limited amount of time limited amount of flyers to pass out and to try to hopefully get the most people in that venue possible right on saint catherine when people are zipping by you you have to be very sharp and analyze a person extremely fast like is this person actually gonna go to the show you know and so you gotta scan them top to bottom what footwear they're wearing and try to analyze their energy do they listen to hip-hop you know so i was blessed enough to do it when i was very young and if we connect the dots with the retail when i had a chance to become a buyer i ultimately it was the same chemistry it was like when you go to a showroom or a trade show there's so many people, so much energy, so much stimulation. For you to actually find a good piece or a good brand, you have to be very sharp. So I think I kind of got my training through passing out flyers. Cool. Um, I, I definitely want to touch on, you know, it's a, it probably is a skill in itself, being able to identify people who are interested um, mm. in your pamphlet or what you're doing, right? So how do you tell if someone is interested in hip hop in a matter of seconds? Um, I think there's energy. I think there's eye contact and obviously, uh, the look of a person, what, uh, how they're wearing their, their stuff, what brands are they wearing? Um, especially with footwear, Instagram, let's say for instance, um, when you follow someone or someone follows you, you look at the profile, it's kind of the same science again. It takes just a couple of seconds to figure out this person could be my friend or this person has good ideas. He, this person can inspire me. It happens very quickly, but it's just a guess an analysis of some sort. But, you know, I feel like it all flows 
close together. Yeah. So it's kind of like you either get it or you don't. Maybe. Or it that it comes to that point because you have been, I guess, analyzing people and, you know, that yeah. continuous practice has just gotten better kind of thing. And I also think like it's like a scouting system. Like, let's say for ringleaders, um, there's a scouting process as well. And most of it happens sometimes on Instagram and you could see someone that has potential, you know, maybe they don't get it on the moment right there, but you can see an evolution in a, in a, in a person's, uh, self-expression behavior, self-confidence. Um, I mean, we're all branding ourselves, right? You're working right. on a personal brand as well. We are, I believe, born in that system. Now I see children are doing it too. You know, they're conscious you know, yeah. how they're putting their self out there. Um, so I think maybe with my experience, seeing the potential in someone or a brand or a company or, um, a business of sort, I think, um, I think it's very, it helps a lot today to have that experience, you know? Gotcha. So ringleaders was founded in 2006. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the idea kind of came in 2005, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a long time. It's a long time. It is a long time. How is ringleaders different than what it was in 2005? So what I'm trying wow. to get towards is, mm -hmm. you know, you probably had this idea, a draft of what you wanted ringleaders to be, mm -hmm. right? Is it the same concept that there was in the draft? Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I found a draft from probably 2003. I was already working on a concept along the line of ringleaders without having the name yet inspired by fashion and streetwear and skateboarding and art, especially art. And perhaps when I did launch, it was maybe a little premature. Um, I needed to know more about branding. I needed to understand more about that line of work. Ringleaders was a very progressive, um, you know, almost like a little baby. Because the first logo I had is not the logo you have right now on your jersey. Right. It didn't have the <clears throat> snowflake on it. The snowflake came about two years after I launched Ringleaders. And um, wow, we can we can go many ways now. I mean, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, I think. So ultimately, what really helped was going to New York and around 06 i believe after my first collection of t-shirts was out it was funny i had four t-shirts um all done by artists and a cd a music cd which i had recorded some of my vocals in there it's funny but and i still have some <laughs> uh, but i had seen chinatown soccer club shout out um yep. to the crew love you guys saw chinatown on a blog called slam by hype and the spirit there when i saw the photography and just like the joie de vivre you know i was like wow this is this is what i'm talking about and i was going on a business trip to new york and i i emailed them and i was like uh my hotel is like right around the corner from where you guys are playing i introduced myself i have a t-shirt brand they were like, come and play, you know? And then that's when I realized after that session that the whole crew there were all artists, designers, um, producers, um, some guys that worked at Supreme, you know? And the vibes were very lovely. There was not much, comp it wasn't very competitive. It wasn't aggressive, you know? And that I... I was like, wow, this is like uh, definitely what inspired me to reformat a bit the whole concept and, you know, go further into my vision and to to not try to because validation is like a big thing. Right. I think when I first did RFC, I was looking for some validation, um, maybe going against the nature of what I really wanted inside of my heart. Um, but after that experience. Uh, with CSC, getting the co-sign by CSC, getting that confidence up and being like, you know what? We're from Canada and soccer needs a voice. 
And I know it snows here, but you know what? We're going to play on snow and show the whole world how much we really love it. And I met my designer, Jeremy, where he was coming from Marseille to work in Montreal. And he was like, I love ringleaders. I love the name, but we got to rework the logo, you know? And at that point, I had brought him a soccer ball that had the logo of like rain, sunshine, you know, the weatherproof story on a soccer ball that says you can play on any surface. Okay. And I brought that to him and I was like, I'm thinking of a logo like this uh, because I want to create events. I want to create events on every surface. You know, I was even, while I was working on Frostbite Cup, I was working on Midnight Cup. Right. Except I only did Midnight Cup probably 12 years later. But the idea was there to set up a cage and a rave, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, so to go back to Frostbite, and so I think Jeremy absorbed that and he was like, came back with that snowflake and said, we will simplify the idea. And, you know, the day we go to Africa, um, people will know you came from very far. And that, that really has been the, the inspiration and logo ever since, you know? I guess I'm in a way summing up. You want to show the world what us Canadians or North America soccer is all about, mm -hmm. right? And then the snowflake kind of showcases that. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to Africa, you, they know what snowflake is. Mm -hmm. And on a soccer jersey, probably can put both of them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's It was really to... Um, Again, there's so many facets to this, but um, in retail, when I was learning more about streetwear and sneaker culture and then high-end fashion, how I connected to that was reading and watching documentaries on casuals, you know, the 70s and 80s uh, kind of terrace culture in England, you know, around in the UK. And those um those firms or those crews they used to wear brands as dress codes to identify themselves because you couldn't wear a chelsea jersey out on the street because if a liverpool fan would see you you you'd have trouble indeed okay right yeah so because they would travel go to europe uh for european soccer matches go to italy they used to love going to italy because that's where all the cool stuff was they'd come back with new brands and, and wear, you know, Stone Island, for example, or CP Company or, you know. Yeah. And so Ringleaders was born out of that interest I had at that time, uh, trying to understand branding, fashion, and all that. So the Snowflake obviously came a little bit after, but the original idea was to create a, fa a kind of a streetwear fashion brand inspired by those um, movements. It's interesting how soccer, tennis, all these, you know, all these Lacoste, Fila, you know, all these brands that would just kind of end up around a soccer stadium was born out of that idea to be different. And so if I connect the dots, when I was a teenager coming up through high school, again, I was obsessed with like, I want to show that I love soccer. We used to wear... The soccer players, the few, we used to wear indoor soccer shoes at school. Yeah. With our denim or, you know. Indeed. To show that this is our expression. This is, we love soccer. This is what we do, you know. Yeah. Um, so kind of to merge all the whole concept together, kind of ringleaders came out of that, you know. Soccer, I think for me has, because we were speaking about competition before. Right. right. Yeah. I never really, I don't like the competitive side. I don't even consider soccer a sport, okay? And I consider it more like, so I don't, you know, Buddhism, Indeed. I have read, Buddhism, I have read, is that some people consider it to be not a religion, but a way of life. And for me, I see soccer the same. It's a way of life. Way of life. Okay? So it's for like, you know, when I... I've said, you know, when I read my first book about soccer, when I first, my, my first book was about Pelé, right? Gotcha. I, I think when I started reading, I was like, I need to read about Pelé. And just reading about Brazil, I was like, okay, this is heaven on earth, you know? 
Yeah. It's all day, every day, 24 hours a day. Unconditional, you know, unconditional love. Right. And that's what it is to me. Me personally, you know. Indeed. Um, Because something I found out is you actually watch lower league Mm -hmm. football, Mm -hmm. soccer, Mm -hmm. rather than like commercial soccer, Mm -hmm. which I guess would be Champions League. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I understand that perspective. And that's like, honestly, that's where I see the real competitiveness is because that like that competitiveness comes from heart rather than commercial and the brands. I hope I'm making some sort of sense. It is making sense. Uh, They're competing for a dream. Indeed. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. To make their sponsor happy. Indeed. When sponsors are never happy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They always want more. Um, but what, what I was trying to get across is I do want to see a culture behind soccer Mm. because honestly speaking in Saskatchewan, when I had moved, soccer was like a woman sport and in Pakistan, soccer was huge. Okay. So that was a huge cultural shock to me. So it'd be cool to sort of bring it a little more mainstream. So it's more accessible as well. Mm -hmm. It. What do you think about soccer being in uh, the World Cup itself in Turon, what, 26? Yeah. 26. In North America. You know, I lived, I watched 1994 World Cup very closely. I actually still have a lot of recorded games on VHS that I've watched. So at that time, there was no soccer on TV. There was no soccer. I had recorded those games and I would watch them over and over and over to learn things. Some games I know by heart, which is funny. And I think over the years, it has evolved very fast. Like where we are at today, like you said, when you went to Saskatchewan, it was considered a women's sport. Indeed. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. It is. Thankfully. There's real ballers out there. There's a lot going on all over Canada, you know, yeah. and North America, you know. Um, there's turf soccer fields everywhere. There's stadiums, there's professional leagues, uh, you know, NWSL, MLS, CPL, right? Right. It has grown a lot. It has exploded in the last two decades. It's fascinating to see, which, like I said, just a couple of years before that, all you had was 1994 on TV world cup and that was it. Right. And, um, I also think like we can talk about it later, but I think video games helped a lot too. Yeah, FIFA. I think I think EA Sports really helped a lot. Um, but all that to say, I think the evolution is uh, it's remarkable where where it's where where it is right now, where it's going. I think twenty twenty six World Cup will be amazing, in the sense that everybody's gonna live it in their communities um, in real life because we do live it. Every time there's a Euro or a World Cup or anything, you're going to go to your local spot in your city where, you know, there's a lot of like Argentinians or Brazilians or you can go. You can like have a World Cup in your own city. You can. You can really do it. There's there's a bar or a venue for every game to watch, you know, and I I have lived some of those moments. Um, I once watched the African Nations Cup final in Petit Maghreb, which is more like Algerian kind of based. It was crazy. It was amazing. In Montreal? Yeah, yeah. Like Montreal North, you know. Oh, wow. And it was, there was flares everywhere. There was like, I don't know, thousands of people on the street. It was amazing. And I'm like, wow, you don't really have to travel to go. <laughs> well, maybe we're lucky in Montreal, perhaps. That is but, true. So you can have your own little World Cup wherever you go. That's kind of how I feel. Um, but I guess now that there's going to be a tournament in 2026 i'm curious i'm curious to see how that's gonna go but i think it's gonna go well do you me assuming because honestly speaking um you're more about the game like for you soccer is a way of life right that's how people see religion as Hmm. you want to see that raw authentic soccer rather than mainstream soccer am i correct yep (laughs) yeah yeah i Look, I, I'm okay with the 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 whole mainstream side of things. I, I still, I guess there comes a time when you realize 
when you have more experience in your life, it is a business at the end of the day, right? So there is a, there's many facets to it. You could be a fan of a club, be a ultras, you know, and be like hardcore and that's okay. You could be a casual fan that just likes to go once in a while and that's okay. Um, but I do think that the way maybe certain athletes get treated by the business is not human sometimes. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I've had experiences growing up where, you know, like I'm sure pretty much yourself or maybe your father wanted you to be a pro. Yeah, All yeah, right? he did. Yeah. So everybody has that dream of a pro and, and I get that, but it is not for everyone. Mentally, you have to be very, very consistent and stable to actually achieve that dream right yeah you got to want to practice every day and maybe some people don't like to practice every day you know depends how much you want it uh talent is not enough sometimes but yeah i think like just going back to it you know being a pro is not not for for everyone and maybe it takes away the fun like just looking at ringleaders some of the some of the the members in the crew kind of have a story similar to mine you know Uh, they loved it at 15, 16, they were dreaming, uh, they were doing well, they felt they could maybe make it. And then perhaps a coach benched you for no reason at a critical age, like 16, you know, yeah. and that breaks your heart because nobody's there to explain to you why you're, you know, being benched or whatever, or maybe an injury might take you out. Indeed. A knee injury could take you out. I had a knee injury. See, there you go. And you that's know? hard to bounce back from at that age, right? Because uh, you think all your opportunities are gone, which is not true, right? But at that age, you don't see it that way. And so I think my objective, let's say if we go towards like this... Mainstream. Mainstream versus, I don't know, what What do you call our ringleaders type clubs? What do you call them? Art, art, Artist-based clubs? or art, That's a philosophy. You know, ringleaders it's a, philo it's a, a philosophy. philosophy. Yeah. Um, but I guess I think it would be like, because it's not a t-shirt brand. I would say exclusive soccer club, maybe. Inclusive. Exclusive? Inclusive? A little bit of both because I do want to get to... Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So maybe this is your interview right here at the... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I think for for me, it brings me more joy to have a ringleader uh, tell me years after they joined this is the best thing in the world. This is, I can't believe I'm a part of this because I used to play soccer and I was miserable. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. Like you should not be miserable playing soccer. You should be lucky that you have, your legs are mobile. You have all your fingers and toes, like you're healthy. You're, it's a miracle that you could play soccer. Why would we be miserable about it? Right? So anyhow, yeah i'll leave it at that um no for <laughs> sure i mean so what i meant by exclusive soccer club to an average joe mm -hmm. because they they probably mm. wouldn't understand uh yeah. the idea of philosophy you know what i'm saying unless they sit down or they listen to the interview or they listen to or they read some blog posts mm. um would you say i am right in a way yeah sadly it is not i think it's not for everyone you know like there are some people that um are very 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 competitive and they want to try to be as competitive as they can and you're not going to get fulfilled like let's say at a at a club like ours which is like community-based and friendships and those kind of things artistic artistic based yeah. Too. yeah so i i guess what attracted me to um music and um you know culture downtown culture like you can go out on crescent street right yeah <laughs> or you can go somewhere more you know underground and 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 the sound is better and then you end up in a in a in a club that you've never heard about because a friend brought you in and you're like wow this is amazing you know and these are experiences that i've lived as as a teenager And perhaps I carry those over in, in ringleaders. Ringleaders is like, it's my art. Or sometimes I say, well, maybe today I say it's bigger than me because I think it has become bigger than, than me. 
sometimes I'm just like, it's, it's, it's just, I'm the medium that it comes from, you know, but I want you to appreciate it. Like, like, you know, when I, when I came in your, in your place, I was like, I want to take, you know, take off my shoes. Like I, I'm being welcomed in your, in your home. It's the same thing. When someone has the uh, privilege of, of being an RFC, there comes a respect, you know, with it. Right. From yeah. a, from a, I hope I didn't cut you off. No, no. From a marketing point of view, I think almost a lot of things at least should show exclusivity from the outside and inclusivity from inside. Mm -hmm. And I think I sort of got that from ringleaders. Hey, that was really good how you came up with that. I'm very happy. Okay. Can I use it? Yeah. Of course. All right, let's go. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Okay, so ringleaders, right? There's... Mm -hmm. There's so many sock clubs. I'm still, there's so much to uh, untap from ringleaders because mm -hmm. I do want to talk about Angelo World Soccer Shop too. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple other things, but I'll, I'll try My to... My solo projects. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'll try to uh, sum this one up as fast as I can. But there's so many other soccer clubs. Yeah. And... Um, or even creative soccer clubs. But like with ringleaders, it's a soccer experience. And mm -hmm. how I see that is the Frostbite Cup. Mm -hmm. Who is doing the Frostbite Cup that we can really think of? You know, Midnight Cup with all the DJs and mm -hmm. all. Um, on SoundCloud, there's mm -hmm. like a whole culture of music. Um, and then... It's like our podcasts and mixtapes. Exactly, exactly. So it's a, it's a whole experience yeah. rather than you just go and play pickup that's my assumption from an outsider perspective yeah the north star a little bit on that front is like the dreaminess like dreaming yeah dreaming is a big part of of rfc and when i as example when i when we did the first uh frostbite cup which was up on the mountain um near the old hospital right at uh i think the that field was called the reservoir back in the day. The night, be I, I, I can't believe I persuade people to play soccer on snow, right? We were about, I don't know, 15. And the night before, I had anxiety. I couldn't sleep. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, what? Yeah. I, gotta, I can't, it's not happening. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm canceling, right? And I messaged some of the members. And in the morning, I was like, yeah, it might not happen. They're like, what are you talking about? We're so excited. Exactly. And so... I have told this to the crew before, but because there's a lot of respect and they're like, Ange, you know, you're, you're, you have good ideas and this and that, but I'm like, but you're the crazy ones that like say yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So who's more crazy here? Me or you? I read that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read that. Uh, so the dreamy part is, 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 uh, is a big part of it. But then again, the experience. And I think that, that all comes from just me as a, when I was much, much younger and playing and, and creating and I had a, my imagination, I would never cap my imagination because I own it. I could do whatever I want. Yeah. So I could imagine as much as I want. Right. And so once opportunities of being a creative director or branding or adding like something to a, a, a you know, a project, I would approach it like a child would, you know, and I still do to this day. Um, I still dream like a kid. And that is also part of the philosophy and, and, and the way of life, you know, the way we do things. When I look at someone and I, and I feel someone's energy, because um, RFC is like a puzzle of people. And I'm like, is this piece going to fit in the puzzle? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what's really important. And, when I was like a, a buyer or when I create collections or I like contrast fashion, you know, I like the contrast of fabrics, contrast of materials or colors. That's how I like to dress or uh, put an outfit together. And so I approach putting the team together in that same sense. I do like contrast. I like uh, some people are quiet. Some people are more loud. Some people are funny. Some people are more spiritual or philosophical or, you know, and it it makes like such a unique uh, recipe it's like cooking yeah. in the kitchen it's the same thing you know nice nice yeah. instead of just salt and pepper exactly yeah <laughs> but angelo's worldwide soccer shop mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. there's two things coming soon the yes there's two things i do want to talk about you said it's your first step into the unknown 
What does that mean? So, you know, being in retail for two decades, right? 20 years. Yeah. And then uh, starting Ringleaders as a, as a community, as a brand for going on, you know, almost two decades now. How it happened was when I made my move out of retail and I wanted to focus on Ringleaders brand, at that point, until that moment, Ringleaders was a community, a brand, but also my solo project. And sometimes too much of Angelo would be integrated in, in Ringleaders, which would sometimes bring it in another area that was a little too personal. Okay. Okay. So the exercise I did, and I think everyone should do this exercise a year later, uh, almost two, is I, there's a yin and yang. So I kind of split, you know, okay, this is ringleaders and this is Angelo's, right? So now when I have ideas, there's no mixing anymore because I need to express myself. When I have a cool idea about ringleaders, I'm like, oh yeah, that fits the brand or what we do, our marketing. But then when I have some other ideas that are maybe a little too out there, I'm like, that's personal. And when it comes to personal, it's the unknown because at the end of the day, you can't, it's, it's me. I'm, I'm becoming me. I'm, I'm doing me, you know? So, uh, I do have artists that I inspire from. My inspiration comes from anywhere. It could be like a fashion designer to a professional wrestler. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I get inspired anywhere yeah. about anything, but my funnest exercise has been this Angelo soccer shop thing that I'm doing. And I wanted to tell stories, personal stories through product, right? Personal stories through product. That's why I talk about my little jerseys yeah, or okay. my footwear or who gave it to me. Because most of the things I didn't purchase, most of them were given to me as gifts, you know, from friends that traveled and, oh, I thought about you. Because somehow people see soccer and they think about me which i like that i mean <laughs> it you, makes me happy well look what you have done for the community well you know and i can i, I want to do more i feel like i haven't done anything you know i feel like i i haven't I, I just like to give back so maybe giving back is never enough so i and and i like to give back and um so angelos is developing it's one of my funnest Honestly, one of my funnest projects I've ever, solo projects I've ever got involved with. And I'm getting a lot of support from like friends, family, talent around me. So it's really cool. And soon I'm about to, I can't really talk about it today, but I got some stuff coming that'll yeah, be pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And again, like I said, it, it's helping me um, on a psychological level how to delegate my ideas out of my system and not bother my universes, you know, my little worlds. Is this your rodeo on a personal brand sort of thing? I believe too? so. Yeah, gotcha. I believe so. It was inside of me and I, I've always had like one thing that I, I can't, again, blessed, can't complain about, but my instinct that, that, you know, that maybe that little voice inside of you, I've always had a clear communication with, with that part of myself God. since I could remember since I have memories from the age of four. Yeah. And I, I do, I have that relationship is my most like precious relationship, you know? And so I always, and you know, like even again, as an example, being a buyer, going to a showroom or seeing a collection, there's a, a special moment looking at a certain piece and saying, this is dope. This is going to work. Yeah. I think people are going to like this, you know? And um, I still feel the same in anything I do, you know? It's still there. Okay. Um, and every soul has a price. Mm. I've seen this yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. But I need to know more. So that actually, uh, I kind of tweaked it. That belongs to a million dollar man. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> a wrestler. Every soul has a price. Um, I think like what I was... When I did my first uh, Angelo soccer shop, which was a pop-up on Notre Dame, uh, my friend Paul from Burgundy Line was like, what are you up to these days? I'm like, oh, this and that. He goes, well, we have a, a space. Do you want to take it? Like, I'll, I'll hook you up. You know, I'll give you a tent and you do you. And I was like, I appreciated it. You know, and I was yeah. like, 
I thought it was pretty noble of an experience and a, a, it's a beautiful block. And I'm like, I didn't want to make it look like some sidewalk sale with just a bunch of product and boxes and, you know, hangers all like, you know, loose yeah. and stuff. I was like, no, this is, let me make a, an experience out of Indeed. this. So let me, let me bring some pieces here that are very valuable to me, to my, my, my journey and let people see them and touch them and let's talk about them. And if you really want to buy it, well, then we got to negotiate on the spot. And so that's this whole every soul as a price is like, you know, people would pull out it like, let's say this Stone Island jersey we had. They'd be like, how much? And I'd be like, you really want to go at this, you know? And uh, so some some peop- some stuff worked and then some stuff. I just know some stuff I'll never let kind of go for now for the moment. So I was like, you know, my price is very high. You're a, you're a, you're a collector at heart. I think um, maybe some things come to me, but yeah, most most of the time. But you do know what you want to keep and what you don't want to keep. Yeah, though. yeah. And you know the value of it too. Sentimental value. That is was true. Was always told uh, when I was in the industry. They always told me a, a good buyer has no sentimental value, and I always believed it was the the opposite. A good buyer does have sentimental value to certain products. You know, the moment that you saw this pair of shoes, the the what you were going through your life at that moment, or there's many things that go into um, a product that is a well done. You know, I think maybe going back to what you said about exclusivity, no, and exclusivity. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Like it's exclusive. You know, to have. One of my most, okay, most probably the last thing I'll ever have, and I'll never let this one go, uh, will be a Afghanistan women's. women's national team soccer jersey signed by all the players that were then imprisoned and threatened to be killed once they came back to the country. Like, I can't even believe I have that. Like, yeah. I can't believe I have that, you know? And um, how do you let that go? You, you I don't think you can. You don't let that. You don't. You you don't let that go. Exactly. What do you think about messing in MLS now? And what? Wow. I guess what that is going to do for the culture wow. itself. Huge. I think our age group and and up, it doesn't matter what we think. Okay, because there's a lot of like pros and cons, and everybody has their own belief system. Where I draw the line is what it'll do for the kids. And that's all that matters. And young kids seeing this is like crazy. It's, they will never forget this. Right. They'll never, they'll never forget this, you know? So um, that's what's important. It's about, the, it's about the children. You're an extremely passionate person. And, but, but the thing is, like, you have fallen in love with soccer and fall out of love mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, football saved my life came about. Mm-hmm. So tell me the journey of you falling in love, falling out of love, falling in love when you classify soccer as the way of your life. Well, yeah, shout outs to Gildas for that one. He kind of did the football save my life uh, series and uh, again, opened like a vault of memories. And, you know, f- a lot of us like fall in and in and out of love with you know i know musicians that have done that or artists you know they uh perhaps maybe you love something so much that you get to a very challenging situation and if it doesn't go your way um depending on how mature you are about it you could either blame else someone else you know uh most most of the time it's always your fault but you know, I guess having the dreams of becoming a professional soccer player and and knowing that you lost the opportunities uh, could quickly go uh, in a different direction where you might be angry or um, resentful, right? And I think a, a lot of... I've spoken to a lot of people in my life uh, that have gone through that. And then the romance comes back, you know, uh i am very uh romantic i'm i'm romantic uh, spiritually with my friends with with everything i do in life so 
you might be, you know, you put soccer on pause for a moment, but then something will happen. Something will happen where the romance just comes back. Either you saw something or somebody said something or you were in, in an environment of some sort. What's important is to always remember that experience. So when you feel like you're losing gri grip on things, to always go back to the, the romance or that first moment and be like, okay, I got this now, you know? I, I'm a little curious. What do you mean by romance in general? Like, what does romance mean to you? Uh, oh, wow. Romance is everything. Romance is, uh, you know, your experience. You know, everything is a relationship. Even the pe the present moment is a relationship, right? And in order to maintain a relationship, there has to be romance to it. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, your what you do in life, or your family, or your friends, or or you know, some people are obsessed with um, you know their cars or you know their automobiles. I don't have that obsession, but. I can understand someone that's passionate about something. What kind of life can you really live at 100% at the highest, most radical presence if there is no passion or romance or, or love, you know? I don't see how. Would you define romance and passion um, parallel? Interesting. Which kind of means I've the same thing, that. right? Romance and passion? Uh, I think maybe romance is the way you approach it. And I think passion is the way you apply it, perhaps. Or you keep it. Or you keep it or you preserve it, you know. Um, but I, I'm also like, you know, we were saying before we started recording, I like going for the long haul. I do like, you know, the marathon of something, you know. There's a goal, but it does, does it really matter if you land it? too much if you if your journey was the best that is true right and um i think that comes with a bit of like wisdom and and maturity to some extent you know honestly what you said about the idea of marathon is something i can tell other people now because mm -hmm. i get it and always i guess you know like believe in yourself believe in your philosophy uh it's okay to get inspired it's okay to have people that you trust, uh, their advice is priceless, you know? And once you find your angels, you know, like yeah. they say, then you, 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 you stay close to them, you know? I do want to touch on your new creative agency, Journeyman. Yeah. You're going to specialize in retail manufacturing, branding, and marketing yeah. solutions. So yeah. that'll happen by default, you know? Um, I wasn't really planning to do that. Uh, but I was asked, uh, you know, by peers in the industry to do some work for them. So I, I, I took it on, you know, and it's been a joy so far. I have a couple of projects coming out soon uh, that I'm excited about. And I guess like when I when I let's say I, I really love like poetry. Right. So let's say. I really love like Rumi or Hafez, like the Persian poets. And so. When you just want to know basics about, you go on Wikipedia and you're like, you think it's just a poet, but there's like astrologists, scientists, you know, like, ta -da -da, and you're like, wow, they weren't just poets. They did everything. Yeah. Know? And I was like, cool. yeah, okay. I want to, I want to become that. I want to, I have a, I don't know. Is everybody like that? I have ideas every five seconds, you know? So do I. Sometimes, I mean, you, <laughs> you know. You can't complete your sentence because you're jumping on another one. <laughs> and so, I ju we just kind of did that right now. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So why would I, why would I stomp my own growth, you know, and my opportunities? So to answer your question about the journeyman agency, you know, I just, it just happened. And I, I, I'm, it's a ride. There's a lot of people I honestly know personally who think that not necessarily that you should focus because I feel like you should focus at it, um, only a few things at a time so you can give that all. Mm -hmm. But some people stray away from just trying different things. And I think that's yeah. what you're trying to come across. Like just try different things and explore yourself. You have to, because when I was a, just a kid being creative, uh, like I said, I had no cap, right? 
I would write uh, stories, poems. I would, um, anytime I would have a device, I would record. I had like, you know, record my voice, like have like a pretend radio show or uh, have a camera. I would make movies when I was, you know, so school for me was, I would work after school when I'd go home. That's where the real work happened. But if you fast forward, you know, a couple of years later, whenever in the industry of retail, I was like challenged with like new stuff like websites, blogs, because I was there when blogs happened and, and you know, yeah. Facebook happened. And, it, you know, I was like, OK, I've done a movie before, <laughs> you know, I've recorded my voice before I've done a You know, when you don't put limits and you try things. Eventually, you will use some of those skills down the line, right? You might not be the best at them, but where I'm at now is when I have a project and I know I need to do something, either I could do it myself or I'm like, I could do this, but I won't be as best as I could, but I have a friend that could take, that could do this, you know? So it helps you with like delegating your ideas. And last but not least, because I usually ask people, um, what is the advice they would want to give? I don't want to ask that to people because advice is like too strong. But mm. like, what would you tell someone who cannot be a soccer player, whose dream was to be a mm. soccer player? Wow! And cannot be one because tell you what, yeah. I I will make a clip of this, send it to my younger brother. His journey is he's a very introverted person, and he fell in love with soccer um, when he was very young. And then he basically, I don't know what happened, but his friends were like, let's play basketball. He completely put soccer on the side. Mm -hmm. Today he regrets it because he's like, I can't play soccer anymore because why would I play it if I cannot go pro? And I'm like, just play to have fun. He's like, mm. I don't know if I can do that. Mm. And that was like, he's also very, uh, he doesn't like a lot of things. He, the only thing he likes is soccer. And he's like, if I can't go pro in this, then I don't know. I just, so lately he's just been sitting at home and just, I don't know what he's been doing. I could relate to that because I've been there. Yeah. At that age, it's, it's very hard to hear anything else, but what you actually want to hear. He's 18, by the way, now. Still yeah. young, right? He's graduated high school. And, um... What is it? Does he know what he wants to become? No, like uh, it's soccer or nothing. Well, in his head, but he dad is like get into engineering, mm -hmm. and he's like ah okay fine. Hey, this is a tough one, man. Um, it is. It depends of the character and the the resilience, you know, uh, the tenacity of like trying to strive for something. You know, maybe I don't know if I would have I would know what to say to an eighteen year old at this point. But I also like to, um, action speaks louder than words, you know, and if ringleaders example is something that can inspire someone like your little brother to be like, I didn't know soccer could be fun, you know, Indeed. and it, and it can, it could be, you could have an amazing life if you love soccer, <laughs> seriously. Uh, but you have to love it for the right reasons. You really have to love it for the right reasons. And sometimes tough love, you know, like it, you know, you got to suffer before you get to the point where you understand it for real, you know? Yeah. Um, but I got a, I got a story maybe on topic, off topic. I don't know if oh, you decide, but I mean, this is your place. I used to like, and maybe you, you, you read this, but I used to like, you know, when I, I loved soccer playing, but I also, I guess I lived esports before esports, right? Yeah. Because FIFA. of just the systems and how life was. But once I played, you know, soccer um, on Sega Genesis or whatever it was, I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, what? And a uh, couple of years later, you were able to like um, customize yourself in the game. Just put your name and have your own player, you know, and that blew my mind. I was like, I couldn't believe I could see my name on a screen and I'm playing with this thing, you know. And at the time, I was seriously you know, playing soccer, triple A, Quebec team, whatever. I had a friend, a uh, neighborhood friend. We were on the same club, Olivier Océan. That was his name. And we used to play together. And the bet was, we had a bet, like a $5 bet, you know, 
who's going to make a pro first, right? And so he obviously made it. God bless him. He made it. Wow, he, he made, um, he played in Norway. He played in Germany. He played Champions League. He played like for Let's Canada. Go. Yeah, he went all the way, right? And I'm still holding on to this bet though. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I didn't technically make it, but uh, recently we had like fun, um, fun project with ringleaders. So we're going to be, ringleaders is going to be in the new EAFC, right? So that's what it's called now? EAFC, that's right. It's and it's EAFC. coming in September? September 29th. Are you getting it? Oh yeah, I'm getting it. Hell yeah. And, and RFC is going to be in it. We have like, Frostbite Cup is going to be in the game. We're going to have our uniform no and stuff. Way. Yeah, man. So going back to my bet with Olivier, right? My $5 yeah. bet. I didn't kind of made it, but I kind of, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm just like, you know, you go from like being a, um, just a kid playing a video game, but I'm feeling something. 100%. I'm feeling something, right? And going back to the marathon, it took me a long way to get there, but the saddest, the joy right now of, of like landing in this video game that you love so much and your, your club is in it, you know, your brand is in it. That's insane. Uh, you know, I'm just like, it's a dream right now. Right. So yeah, man, look out for that. Wow. Do yeah. you play PES by the way? I do. You do play PES? I love PES. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you love PES. I love PES. The gameplay. How different do you think it's compared to FIFA? It's it's so slow. It's like sluggish. Um, what system have you played it on? Xbox. Xbox. Try PlayStation. Gotcha. The game is built more around the ball. See, only a person like you can tell that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Difference, right? Yeah. That kind of that comes with passion. Yeah, but it it's like I think you need both. You need. EA and PES, you know, or they call it uh, eFootball now. So EAFC and eFootball, you need both in life, you know. Um, it's just one of those, you know, there's um, many examples in life, you know, there's uh, from religions to businesses, there's, you need the best of both worlds, right? And I guess that competition keeps the level up. You know? So that's it, man. Like, how how do we do? We did good. We're we're happy. We we, we did a bit. Questions in? Yeah, okay. for sure, for sure. Sweet. Yeah, no. We'll we'll end the conversation to here. There. Thank you. I actually I learned a lot. Thank I you. promise. I hope you had a good time. I had a good time.